John 10.10 says, and this message is called, If We Do Not Lose Heart. And do you know what? We've got to wrap up this, uh, this period that we've come out of, you know, like I think it's been about 10, 11 week period. And I believe this weekend will be a, a season that we finish. It will be a, a culmination of time that, that, that right now begins to introduce, if we can finish and bring to a climax, a finality, and go into a new season next week, I would be most happy, amen? Because in the last 11, 12 weeks even, we have been on a roller coaster of just dealing with some stuff. And uh, let's be honest, you know. Let me take you back to the Old Testament and God's people released from Egypt, which is a type of, world that's ruled by Satan and God intervenes, Moses the leader, he stands up and becomes the man of the hour. Who wants to be the woman or the man of the hour? Bring deliverance, amen? Well, Moses was that guy and so Moses led God's people out and they ended up in the wilderness for far too long because very quickly after they'd been released, they'd spied out the land, which was the promised land, the land that God wanted for them. And 12 spies went in and surveyed the land and said, man, they came back and said to Moses, Caleb and Joshua were two of the 12 spies. 10 spies had a negative report and said, man, it's all good over there, but there's giants over there. (laughs) there's giants and look we are in fact like grasshoppers in their sight Bible actually says and they sleep in big beds I mean one of these beds was like about 10 foot long 6 foot wide so you can imagine how big they were so but but Joshua and Caleb had brought a good report and they said man it's it's wild it's plentiful it's Milk and honey and pomegranates and grapes and it's all, man, there's iron in the hills and there's everything we need and we think we can do it. But the people listened to the ten spies and they languished, I guess, far too long in the wilderness. And we talk about, you'll hear these phrases, and they walked around the mountain. David used it in his preach for the giving. And they walked around the mountain, just continually just wandered and wandered. And you'll find maybe the most disgruntled Christians are the ones in the wilderness. Amen? Are the ones that have just been in this groove for far too long. They know they're saved. Devil, no one can take that from them. They know they're saved, but they've been in this wilderness and this land of opportunity, all that God has said about their life through the Word of God and through the preaching and through the prophetic words you get, All this is in the promised land, which we believe now to be true, is the kingdom of God, is the kingdom of God, which Jesus preached about. So, this is the thing that, unfortunately, they languished in the wilderness. And what one of the key things the church always is trying to do is get people out of this wilderness and into this victorious and you'll hear this, old preachers used to say it all the time, Bill. I think you'll uh, uh, agree that they used to say, enter in. 
enter in, which was about entering into the promised land. This, for me, can be almost like mere Christianity. You'll find a lot of Christians even say that they, they know God, they go to church even, but if, if they live here, they're actually not radiating and emanating all that God... See, the, the thing was, God wanted to release His people that He would perfect a nation of people that would shine forth His glory into a dark world. And they couldn't shine here. There's no shining here. All the shining was in, in the promised land. It's actually in the kingdom. And so this becomes a very frustrating place for a lot of people. But let me say this, that after they did get in and all the unbelief, all the unbelievers died away, they tell us. The Bible says, and all the unbelievers that would not allow Moses to go into that promised land, they all died away. And then Joshua is standing at the end of the day. He says, well, I'll go in, man. I've seen it. I've been there. I feel it. I've got the anointing. I can take the people in there. And so they followed Joshua through the Jordan and into this great place where they took on Jericho. The walls of Jericho came down. But the Bible says that there were enemies, giants between them and all that God had for them. There was giants. I read a book and I think it's a fantastic book. It's a book by Reg Klimenok. And he says these giants, several giants, what it, help me with their names. Uh, Joshua 3.10 says, This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you, drive them out before you, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gigashites, the Amorites, the, the Jebusites and all the ites. Amen? And so these several giants that are represented now by strongholds, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 or thereabouts, you'll find that our battle is not against giants, flesh and blood anymore, but our battle is against principalities and powers. Say principalities and powers. They are still resident on the planet. Principalities and powers, ruling authorities in the second heaven. Amen? Still controlling whole cities. Even affecting and influencing some of the, the best of society. Amen? Even churches, if they don't pray enough. Even those principalities can encroach upon good, loving Christians. That's spiritual warfare right there. Because becoming a Christian doesn't make you immune to the powers of darkness. Welcome to the fight. And we, we said that we, we, we had a message two weeks ago which was, this day we fight. We're not standing for sickness. Because that's one of the giants. One of the giants is, I believe, resident on our planet is a giant of sickness. The other one is what David was talking about. Finances. The spirit of poverty is another one. That is... So, new Christians, I, I have to break all the innocence. I have to wean you off some of the innocence of just being wonderfully saved because now you are in a, a war, a fight to advance your life. Or you can pretend that none of this 
is applicable and this it doesn't really, uh, you know, it, it's not really part of your real world. But if you want to live in the supernatural lifestyle, which is being anointed to see on the horizon of God's kingdom what is, what is planned for the church, what is planned for your life. You can't see what God is going to do for your life, this church, unless you are anointed. That's why we said this morning, anoint us, Lord. Anoint us to be the church. Anoint us to see me further on down the line. Anoint me to believe that miracles are possible again today. Anoint me to read my Bible. Anoint me to be the church. I don't feel like I'm the church today. No, you are the church if you believe it with an anointed mindset. Amen? And so, the thing is, every day we've got to get a fresh anointing and fresh faith to live in the dynamic of a supernatural lifestyle. And the saints say, or you can live here in the carnality of life, which is living just by your five senses, by what you just see. But if you like me, you believe in angels and you believe in Christ, our King, ruling and reigning in heaven and all his protocol of the kingdom being released through signs and wonders, the church rocking and rolling and the people of God anointed and bring into pass his will through a given community, a society. That's what God wants you to believe in. Amen? Not just a mere understanding or mere Christianity of understanding that you're saved and all things. We are here to push out the boundaries and push back the dark clouds and release more of the kingdom, more of the kingdom. But it can only be done as you step into this place called the promised land because it's an individual fight and it's a corporate fight. I believe for 11 weeks now we have had a corporate fight on our hands against a giant called sickness. Amen? And we have not ignored that. Some people would ignore it. But when you're a prophetic apostolic church, you realize when you hear around the coast that the enemy, that giant, that spirit of sickness, that stronghold, that strong man, as the Bible says it is, can come against not just one church, but it seemingly comes against the church. And then you hear, it's, it's an amazing thing, but then you talk to your pastor friend at your minor, uh, north, south, east, wherever, and they're all suffering in the same way. This heart situation. There was churches all up and down the coast with people suffering in their heart. Now give me a break. Is that just coincidence? Or is that some symptom that is synonymous with a devilish plot to bring a people of God to an inactive service in God, but to disrupt their great routine. I honestly believe we have had momentum disrupted in this church in the last 11 weeks. Who believes that? And that's what happens. That's what happens to you personally, and that's what happens to the church on a whole. So there's a corporate fight, and there's a personal fight. 
Let's get some scripture. We are encouraged to go forth and conquer. You can write that down. God bless you. Is that my water? Gee whiz, it couldn't be. I haven't drunk all that. My goodness. How are you doing, everyone? Everyone good? Mm. And Joshua's old now and he's fought many battles. He's confronted uh, them. And, and Joshua 13 verse 1 says, When Joshua was old and well advanced in years, the Lord said to him, You are very old. <laughs> Thanks, Lord. <laughs> and there are still very large areas of land to be taken over. Who, who, who believes in that in their life? When they look at their life, their spiritual life, and go, man, I've still got some land to, to win here. After David preached that great giving message, I've still got more land to win in being generous, in being willing to give. In, in, and I've got more, I've got more, battle, more, more land to win in taking, taking back what belongs to me in my health. My health. Amen. And in my calling, I've got to take back what God said about me way back, even before I was born. I've got to take that land back. And it's really about bit by bit. And if you go into the Old Testament, which is a picture book, really, of present realities, truths, principles and laws, it's all in the picture book. That's why we show our kids picture books, because it's easy to, easy to, uh, to understand. And that's what the Old Testament is. Amen. And so if you look back in the Old Testament, it really is that picture book of present realities that we live in right now. Mm. And the Israelites won many battles, but never quite succeeded in possessing their full inheritance. I hope, I hope that you precious people would possess more of your inheritance, of who you are, and what God says about you. I pray and I hope that you would be encouraged to lay hold of the more of God that is for your life. And the Bible says it doesn't happen in an instant, but it comes by a systematic approach to that predicament, by the Word, by the Spirit, and by discipline, and then you keep, and then you keep, and then you keep taking back that ground to eventually you vanquish that strong man, that giant from that land and you have taken occupancy of your calling, your destiny and who you are in God. That's what it's like. Give the Lord a hand. Praise God. Numbers 33.55 says, But if you do not drive out, if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land, those you allow to remain will become barbs in your eyes and thorns in your sides and they will give you trouble in the land where you live. If we don't drive out this spirit of sickness and ignore it and just camp around it, like the Israelites did, they camped around Goliath, and Goliath screaming his head off down there, just send me your best. Come on, you guys. And, and, and God's people, and Saul the king, and all these mighty warriors trained up to do battle, are freaking about this giant nine foot tall cussing out God's people. Young David comes. Young David comes on the scene. He's just a kid, probably about 17. But he's been out in the wilderness through the trials of life, taking on and being delivered by, from the paw of the lion and the bear, he says, in his testimony. So that's a good thing to realise that David had a strong testimony. He turns up and he says, no, my God has delivered me 
And the Bible says in Revelations, we overcome the devil by the blood of Christ and our testimony. Now, young David comes and says, what's going on? What's happening here? Why are we all stalled? Why is the church up here? Why are we languishing up here when we should be doing great stuff, advancing and, you know, winning battles? But we're all camped up here for how long? How long? Man, I've been out in the wilderness winning my little fights. God's been training me up. Amen. And so here he is. He's, he's, and his brother, his brother, his older brother, who really they thought should have been when Samuel came around to the house. Do you remember the story? Samuel came around and here's Eliab, the big brother who's you know, trained and handsome and they all thought it was going to be him. And then God says, don't look, at the, don't look at the outward appearance of a man. It's the inward appearance that I'm after. None of these brothers, including Eliab, the big brother, and so when David came up and started mouthing off and saying, this guy, he shouldn't be cussing out the people of God. This giant of sickness, this giant of poverty shouldn't be having its way at this C3 Tugra church. This spirit of sickness shouldn't be having its way with the people. And all of a sudden, David, he gets indignant, not in, not in, a, in, in a proud uh, a, a proud way, but he's saying this should not be. We are people of the covenant. These are uncircumcised Philistines, meaning that they are not connected to God. We are God's people. Where is, where is the victory? And he just starts, and he starts to try and talk to Eli, his older brother. And his brother says, who do you think you are, Garth Ball? You, you, man, I am, the, I am Mr. Wonderful here. I'm trained. And all of these people, all these warriors are highly trained. You, looking after your little sheep out in the back paddocks of life, reckon you can take him on? Now, listen, you're, 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 just, being, you're just being arrogant and, and, and it's pride. So sit by you and watch us continue to wait until an answer comes. <laughs> and, and the Bible says, Garth or David... He, he said, well, didn't get much joy there. He walks on and he, he finds someone else. And he actually goes to another person and says, help me again, what's happening here? And this soldier says, no, it's true. We've been up here for about six weeks now. This guy keeps cussing us out. He comes out, look how big he is. He's huge. He's huge. I mean, no one's going to go down there. He wants one of us and, 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 and it's just not going to happen. And David says, well, huh. And just this holy, anointed Faith determination says, this ain't right. Justice. I, I think something of the spirit of justice. Justice must be done. And they try and dress him in Saul's armour and, and it doesn't work because he's not, that armour doesn't work. He hasn't been trained like, he's been trained to use a sling and a javelin. And he says, no, I can't use that stuff. It just doesn't work. Give me my sling, give me my javelin. And he says, I think I can do this. I'm going to do it. And so as he, man, he's just got faith. This kid's got faith. And young people, if you've got that sort of faith and you've got some older person or you've got someone who's trained up and got Bible college degrees saying, who do you think you are, Dan Crouch? You're up there with your guitar and you're singing psalms under the Lord and you now you reckon you can take on this spirit of this Goliath, this, this spirit of, of sickness, poverty. You know, who do you think you are? Amen. But he's been trained up. 
He's been trained up in the wilderness. He's been trained up at C3 Tugra. He's been trained up on on 11 acre property, singing praises to God, leading the people of God into, into the atmosphere of God. And now he's on the scene saying, I think I can do this, man. I've seen Pastor Phil do this. I've seen Pastor David do this. I think this church and and you people are going to go out and you're going to help people be set free from some of these giants. And David goes down. And as he begins to approach this giant, he starts to run towards him. Just Holy Ghost faith and determination. But he's picked up five stones, five smooth stones, which I believe prophetically is this. The first one, you come at me with this and that, the Bible says, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. Do you remember what he said? I come against you in the name of Jesus. The first stone is the name of Jesus. That's your first stone that you need. The second stone, the second stone could be your testimony. You come against me with your javelin and your spear, but I come against you with my testimony. My God delivered me from the bear and the lion. What is what is your so God done? My God has allowed me to overcome these creatures that would typically maul people to death. My God has has proved himself big, as Andrew would say. My God has proved big. The third stone, what would that be? The blood of Christ. So. The blood of Christ. We overcome the enemy by our testimony and the blood of Christ. The fourth one, help me. I would believe it would be the anointing. The anointing. We need to be anointed to, to overcome some of these giants and strongholds in your life and in the life of this church. We need the anointing. What can the fifth stone be? Faith. Who, who puts their hand up for faith? The fifth stone is faith. But you know what? You know what the story tells us? The story tells us that one stone, the name of Jesus, the stone that the builders rejected, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, wasn't the stone that killed him, it was God. Wasn't David that killed Goliath, it was God. I believe angels came alongside David and got that stone and <laughs> implanted it into the forehead. Wasn't David all God's all all the army of the of Israel only could see how big the giant was. All David could see was how big God was. This guy but God, this guy down here, but God is. He'd been under the stars. He was a worshipper. He was intimately acquainted with God. When you're intimately acquainted with God and your spirit is divinely acquainted with God, faith comes alive in you. Formulas don't work, but it's when you're in a situation when God says, you're going to be a hero, champ. I've born you for this day. C3 Tugra, you're going, to be a, you're going to be a church that's going to overcome giants of poverty, giants of sickness, giants of doubt, giants of accusation, giants. 
Several giants needed to be overcome. And those giants are still present in our world in this day. Who says amen? Give the Lord a hand. Whoa! Many Christians have settled for partial victory. They've got their salvation, but they're camped around, like God's people were just camped around that giant. They're just, just camped. Just not doing nothing, but there's a giant down there teasing. Teasing God's people. Teasing C3 Tugra. Oh, you're sick. You know, look at you. You know, oh, you're, you're broke. Look at you. No. There has to be a people. There has to be someone who rises up. And I believe the Bible is telling us something in saying that David went down into the valley. Into the valley. Psalm 23. Though I walked through the valley of death. His rod and staff. He is with me. I believe there's time to come to church and be up on a hill, up on a mountain and worship God and praise God. But then there's a time during the week where you've got to get down into your valley, into the trial of life and persevere and deal with giants, deal with problems in the valley of Baca. On, the, on their road to Jerusalem, they had to go through this valley of Baca. And there's always these fights in the Bible, in the valley, in the valley. There was the Philistines up on this side and the Israelites up on this side and down the bottom was the battle, was the fight. It was the giant. And sometimes, guys, you've got to come down off this lofty understanding that all is good, that all is rosy in God and come down and start to... Ye- wield some of these weapons you have, the blood of Christ, the name of Jesus, your testimony. And look at that devil in the eye. Come to the prayer meetings and say, devil, sickness, giants, you are out of here in Jesus' name. And that's the sort of people that come to your prayer meetings. It's okay to be up here, but it wasn't a lot, of, lot really a lot happening up here. I mean, they were all in rank and file, shiny, spotless, Christians, wonderful. But it was this kid, young kid, impetuous kid that knew his God intimately, had been trained by God in the wilderness, that stood up to that giant. Youth, don't let any Elibes say this or that about you and try and bring you down and say, who do you think you are to try and take this coast for Jesus? Who do you think you are to lay hands on the sick? Who do you think you are to believe in prosperity? Just turn your back on Eli and find some new company. Amen? (laughs) And this is the battle we're in. It's the battle that you face to realise your bigger day. We have faced giants in the last three months and we have taken them on publicly. We've taken them on in prayer groups. We've taken them on independently. We've taken them on and we're not going to be taunted by the spirit of sickness. We're not going to be taunted by a spirit uh, of sickness like Goliath. We're going to take it on and say, you're out of here. We're not going to tolerate you. You're coming down. No toleration in Jesus' name. Who's with me on that? And that's what we've been doing in the last 11 weeks. 
It's a, it's a wonderful thing. But systematic, Joshua 1.3, let's wrap it up with some word. Israel had entered into Canaan, which is the promised land. It was all given to them. This amazing life, the Bible says at the start of Ephesians, it said all the spiritual blessings are yours. Are yours. But you've got to lay claim to it by faith and a fresh anointing. You've got to lay claim to all that God has for you. C3 Tugger, we've got to lay claim to our bigger day in the building. It just ain't going to happen. We've got to lay claim to it with faith and tenacity and a persevering spirit. Perseverance means it's derived from the word severe. Perseverance, severe. It's severe faith that David had to take on that giant. He got himself and with a, 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 a good a good understanding of who, he, who his God was, but then with a, a good, a good um, uh, word of, of his testimony, amen, yeah. understanding what God had done for him, he vigorously, dynamically, powerfully engaged the enemy with such a vigour of faith, a glean in his eyes, because that's how it's done. And saying, you're coming down. Spirit addiction, you're coming down. Spirit of doubt, you're coming down. Everywhere, the Bible says, everywhere you place your foot, you will overcome. You've got to walk this out. You've got to walk it out. We're taking it. We're taking it. We're moving forward. We're taking it. We're laying claim to all that God has for us. And not camp around these giants and pretend they're not there. Or try and ignore them and try and find some safe little compromise of lifestyle. Because in the end, trouble will surround you. You let that one go, you let the other one go. You let that giant of poverty go, you let that giant of of doubt go, this one. And then you are just trapped in a lifestyle of frustration, no end, and no usefulness, no fruitfulness in the kingdom of God. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms. Ephesians 1.3 In the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Do you know this? Hebrews 6.12 says We do not want you to become lazy but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. We are encouraged to go forth and conquer in your own soul In spiritual terms, get back. The devil, the Bible says the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. I was thinking about this. Stealing your calling is one thing. Stealing your destiny is one thing. Stealing your health is one thing. Killing it is another. But guess what? God can resurrect killed things. I watched a video the other day, a pastor who had a car accident, was brought into a Reinhardt Bonnke meeting and they brought him under the stage in the basement of a huge church and while Reinhard Bonnke was preaching, the man of God came alive as the deacons were praying over him. And they brought him out, <laughs> the live footage, live footage of the man that was dead for hours. They brought him into the meeting 
and he just didn't know where he was, as you would. You know, you've died and you've had a bad accident. But he, and, and the people are going, my God, this is amazing. So God can resurrect dead things. Am I right? Now, but the Bible says he steals, he kills and destroys. If you get destroyed, that's another thing. I know God's a creative God, but we don't want to allow it to go to that dimension, do we? We don't want to be destroyed. Some people have had their callings destroyed. You can speak to them and you can't resurrect life in them again. You can speak to them and they don't want to come back to church again. You can speak to them, but they don't want to believe for healing again. You can speak to them because it takes a revival and it takes a resurrection anointing to get some people going again in Jesus' name. And what does that life mean? But hang on, the, 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 the devil, Satan comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus said in the next breath, but I have come to give life, life abundantly. And what is that life? That life is life on the inside that is your faith that is your spirit communing with God intimately knowing God like David loving God your spirit alive and full of the spirit blessed of God and prospering it's not about things and I will give your life life abundantly it's got nothing to do with cars got nothing to do with money it's all to do with a generous heart a robust faith Character, persevering spirit, character, trials that perfect character in your life. Yes, there's one hit days like David takes out a giant, but I find life is more like a systematic destruction of strongholds and principalities and powers like this church did in its first five years of existence against the spirit of poverty because they said, you will never get money out of this community. You will never be able to, to build a church and to have a prospering church. And we said, and every, every Sunday, we said in Jesus' name, let's all stand, God bless you. Because there comes a day to tell that devil, that he cannot have his way. Giants stand between us and our promised land. Remember that. Giants stand between you and your promised land. A lot of people don't want to go into the promised land because there's giants. Namely, several giants that are still, still resident on the planet through strongholds, principalities and powers that still have an influence against you or me or a, or a city or a town and we've got we to say to those giants that stand between us and the promised land, you're coming down. We're looking you in the eye with our testimony, with the name of Jesus, with the blood of Christ and with the anointing and with the word of God and with the spirit of God. We come against you, you spirit of sickness, right now. Now help me. Spirit of sickness, we bind you. We see your work and in Jesus' name with faith and a determination of faith in God, in God's name. God is big. We're taking God into the battle right here now. 
We're taking God into the battle. Jesus Christ, we're depending on you to take out the giant, the spirit of sickness. That stronghold of sickness, it goes in Jesus' name. It goes in Jesus' name. By the Spirit of God, by the Word of God, by our testimony, get your five stones, get your five smooth stones, pick up your five smooth stones, the name of Jesus, your testimony, the blood of Christ, the anointing, the Spirit of God, get your... And in Jesus' name, we say, Spirit of sickness, you go from this place. You go from our people. You go from every single person in this place. And the saints say, now God gets the glory. God gets the glory. We're taking God into the battle. We fear not. Spirit of fear, here's the other one. Spirit of fear is one of the strongholds, one of the giants between us and the promised land. Spirit of fear, we recognize you. You're coming down. We break its hold. We adjure it. We break its hold. We loose it. We cast it down. We break its hold. Some people live in fear. Some, and fear is the opposite to faith. Fear is the opposite of faith. Help me, help me. Fear is the opposite of faith. We have faith. No matter what we see, no matter what we hear, no matter what report comes back, we're going into the promised land. Or do we hear the ten spies? Did you hear what those ten spies said? There's, there's guys that actually sleep in beds ten foot long. Six foot wide, Daniel. I think it would be wise to stay here. It's, it's barren, it's dusty, it's hot, it's desert. But I think it would be beneficial. I think it would be advantageous to maybe find a compromise of tolerating this predicament. And we will camp here for the night. But the night becomes the day. The day becomes the week. The week becomes the month. The month becomes the year. The year becomes 40 years. And we still have not obtained all that God has for us in Jesus' name. Do you know what I mean? Are you with me on this? Or we can ignore the spirit of sickness, the giant called spirit, and say, look, this just happens every few months. We get a few hits, some of our best soldiers cop it and we'll, we'll, we'll put a brave face on and we will come to church, give our tithes and offerings, salute the king and say, all is fairly well, Lord, I think. <laughs> I used to go visit some of my friends in housing commission uh, ha- homes, uh, areas, and they lived in homes where things weren't all, altogether great. And I used to walk into their homes and I knew straight away things weren't great uh, just by, by things I was witnessing. One of the things was... Uh, Holes in the walls where dad had inadvertently lost his temper. Then I'd go back the next week and the hole would be gone. But now hang on, the hole was there, but there's a picture. They'd actually put a picture over the hole. And so some of these places were just randomly ornamented or ornamented with, with these pictures. And I used to just cutely, when, when they'd all go out there, I just looked, thought so. There was a hole there last week. <laughs> 
gee, Dad must be an angry son. <laughs> you know, we can cover up these holes. We can cover up this sickness. We can cover up this stuff. But I say in Jesus' name, there's the spirit of a warrior. There's a hero in us. Who wants to be a hero just for one day even? Man, come to the prayer meetings. Believe in your church. Believe in yourself that with the anointing and with your five smooth stones, with the name of Jesus, with the blood of Christ, with the, with the, with the eh? testimony, yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah. Whatever your five stones are, but I would recommend getting a few of those first ones happening in your life. Father, we thank you that you are overcoming the enemy, that you are perfecting our faith in this struggle of life, in the trial of life. We will persevere. It says the enemy, and I thought this is worth mentioning in Daniel 7.25, it says this, he will seek, he will speak against the Most High and oppress, wear down his saints and try to change the set times and the laws. The prophet Daniel is warning us of a time when, when the enemy, the Antichrist, would try and wear down the saints in how? In the word of God not coming to pass. In the timing of which you thought God should have met your need didn't come to pass. And the other one is, is the law. When the word of God, again, didn't come to pass. So, again, it's this. It's the, it's the set times when you believe revival didn't come when it should have, when you believe you didn't get healed when it should have, when you didn't get your, 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 uh, your payoff, your, your financial blessing, or, or this, or the Word of God. When you prayed for someone, or you believed and you stood on the Word of God and it didn't come off. And the Bible says that the enemy is going to try and wear out the saints and we will become weary in battle. We don't want to become weary in battle, but we want to have grace and wisdom and understanding that God will do what He will do and and He is with us and we believe Him, we trust Him and we are still going to, to, to pray, we're still going to give, we're still going to lay hands on the sick and we're still going to do all that God has asked us to do in being the church and doing the church and advancing the church we are not weary, but we are energized in all this struggle, in all these battles. We are empowered, we are blessed, and in the end, we have character, character, character. And the saints say, Father, I bless everyone in this place right now. Bless them in the Holy Ghost. Bless them to continue to fight, to take on those areas of their life which have not been able to be moved but they shall be moved they shall be removed strongholds intimidations accusations strongholds of addiction strongholds of generational curses strongholds of sin strongholds of waywardness in God Father God Anoint me now. Revive me now. I seek you. I believe in you. I abide in you. Nourish me now in the Holy Spirit. Again, Lord, let me believe and trust God like the innocence of young David. 
Help me not become like Eli that says, I know better. This cannot be won. This cannot be done. Help me believe. Help me trust. And help me understand that God, what is in me is greater than what is in the world. Father, you have given me a strong anointing. You have given me the victory that overcomes the world. You have given me a strong, strong anointing, calling. God doesn't want people to be jerked around by the enemy. Maybe there's someone here that just needs to, again, have trust in God, faith in God. Maybe you've been waylaid. Maybe you've camped around the indifference. You've camped around the battle. You've camped around a stronghold that would not be removed. But I'm saying this. Why don't you this day stand up again? Stand up for your life. Stand up for your family. Stand up for your church and say, no way, Jose. I have been called to go forth and conquer for the, for the benefit of the inheritance that I claim for myself, my kids, my church, my family. I will lay claim to all the inheritance that you have for me, Lord God. And I will not allow the taunts of the enemy anymore. I will not allow the giants, those spirits, those strongholds to affect my life anymore. What is in me is greater than what is in the world. Maybe there's someone in the house.